0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spurs in full cry here. Welcome listeners to The Extra Inch. My name's Windy and I'm joined by our tactics guy and standing sidekick and best friend, Nathan A. Clark. Hello, Nathan.
1: Apologies to the, the Bardi boys, the, the small selection of our listeners who are exclusively here for Bardi and just completely
0: phase us out when they're listening to the podcast. I, it, this is going to run wild today without Bardi here to rein us back in. Who knows what we might say.
1: Let's do a Jose Mourinho retrospective episode now.
0: (laughs) He he would be absolutely furious, wouldn't he? Can you imagine his little face? Oh, the lack of trust he would have in us. Um, Before we start, just a a quick shout out to uh, a charity. So one of our ex subs, Dom Signor, is fundraising for End Youth Homelessness. They are a charity which helps young people who have become homeless and gives them shelter, support... And the tools they might need to get out of their bad situations. And the the training and employment for social mobility. And um, Dom is doing a, a gruelling piece of fundraising on the 23rd of July. He will be cycling 22k, racing 19k up Scarfell Pike. And then doing a 5k nice. kayak race. Uh, which is really, really something. Um, we are going to put the link in in the show notes and also we'll do a tweet with the link in as well uh, if you if you want to support end youth homelessness and dom in that quite incredible effort then um, then please check that out also just want to give a very quick mention to thfc flags new twitter account they are fundraising to get some more flags and tfos into the ground at the spurs stadium um they've got they already had 12 in the south stand at the burner game and now they've got an, another 11 on the way for the start of the season um but they want to have more uh bigger and better stuff they're selling some stickers where the profits will go into the flag fund they're actually really really cool so If you fancy some Spurs stickers, go take a look at the Twitter account THFC Flags. And if I remember, I will also tag that tweet onto the post where the podcast goes live. Also, Nathan, it's just the two of us today, so we'll we'll just do a, a quick roundup, really. Um... On the transfer front, not much has moved on since we last spoke. We are still uh, negotiating for Jed Spence, it seems.
1: Same news every day. Still negotiating, still negotiating. Sometimes the, uh, the body's favourite ITKs... Uh, jump the gun, get excited, decide they want to announce a deal, and then we go back to the the reliable sources saying, "Nope, still negotiating, still negotiating." And I don't know, he's he's uh,
0: he's missing out on preseason basically. I was I was like happily coupled up and had a full head of hair when we were first linked with Spence, and, <laughs> and now look at me on the on the dating apps and fully bald. Um, I really want to sign Spence; just want this deal done. It's a pity that he's not there on the on the south korean trip um we aren't being linked with any other right backs in the meantime well there was sort of reporting that uh, we might be looking at some italian right backs but I, I assumed that that was just a negotiation tactic you know okay. release release some rumors okay, uh get get nice. get middlesbrough to to wilt in the negotiation uh it does seem like the outgoings might be hotting up a bit so we've already we've already made one sale uh, Stephen Bergvijn finalising his transfer away, which was which was you know to be expected. Sad news, I think. We both like Bergvijn. He he always did pretty well. I thought when he played for us. Uh, I think he'll go on to have a really good career. I've got this slight sort of slight feeling that this one might come back to hurt us. You think um, he will um, end
1: up back in the Premier League at arrival within three years
0: or something like that? I would hate that. But I mean, I don't think he's going to do a Salah De Bruyne type. No, I don't think Leap. he's that good. But he's a good player, isn't
1: he? He's good, though. So he, the thing is, I was trying to think this through, um, is like... He, he's, going to go to go, go, he's going to go to Ajax and, and be really good, right? He was already too good for that league when we took him before, and now he's going to the most dominant side, right? Um, so, yes, maybe you would expect him back in a top five league pretty soon, but because Ajax have paid 30 for him, they're going to want to return. And I definitely think he's a £30 million pound footballer for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But is he like a £50 million pound footballer? I don't know. It, I guess it depends on the shape of the market in the future, but I, I think there is a bit of a chance that he is sort of... There financially stuck being too good in the Eredivisie. Yeah. Just playing there for
0: for several years, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um I mean it what I'm interested in is whether they play him on the wing or as a striker. Uh probably wing. Yeah, probably wing, but he 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 did play some games up front for the Netherlands and was productive. And I'm just wondering if that might be a good move for him. I quite like him as a second striker. I, I like the concept. Um, and I genuinely could see him exploding a bit in the VC as a second striker. And then, yeah, he might be worth 45, 50 million if he has a, a big season like that. And yeah, we, I, I think the main thing is I don't want us to look silly <laughs> for selling him. And um, I think there's a small chance we might. But, you know, we've got reasonable money back for him. Uh, he's, he's served us well. So he, he goes with our blessing, Wish him all the best for the future. Uh it does seem like Lacelso is on the verge possibly of a of a move to Villarreal. Um obviously left out of the
1: Yeah the, the preseason tour squad. So it was LaCelso and Dombele, uh regulon, perhaps a little surprisingly, um and Winks, were, winks, yes, winks. Of course, winks, yes. So, I mean, it, yeah, there's definitely like, so it's not a shocking combination of players, but it's interesting. For example, that like Hill has gone to Korea, Regulon hasn't, uh, Winks has stayed here. Um, you know, Emerson Royale has gone gone to Korea. Yeah, so that that's some interesting um, specific choices there. Um, yeah, Regulon. I don't know. He he. I understand that we we we're looking to move him on and that he is being linked to a right now, but for him to be excluded, maybe that just says his, his deal is is nearly done and then we can just fly direct. Maybe that's, that's the difference between him and Emerson Royale, for example. Um, But I do find it a little surprising uh, outside of that speculation that he is like not even included in in preseason just in case
0: he sticks around kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, I, I agree. I mean, I think, um, I think Perisic is a clear upgrade on Reguilon. I think personally that Sessignon is also better than Reguilon. I, I've, I've been pretty consistent on that across the whole of last season. And I think the form that Sessignon showed at the end was better than anything Reguilon had shown as a left wing back previously, personally. Um, again, I think he's a really good left back. I don't think he's a, an outstanding left wing back. And I think we need to be aiming to have outstanding wing backs for the coming season Well, I think Perisic may well be and hopefully Cessignon will will become an outstanding left wing back uh, I think we'll get reasonable money for regidon he's he's still like a, a relatively good age I think he's not yet 26 um, we paid in the region of 25 million something like that and there was a buyback of about 28 I think if, if my memory serves me correctly
1: I think it was, no, no, no the, the the Real Madrid buyback was like getting up to 40, I think. Oh, was it? Okay. So there was a, okay. br- a brief period of time, like last season when he was playing, I think back in January, a talk of the Real Madrid considering activating it. And then, of course, you know, everything changes every month at Real Madrid. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't, we're not going to see 40 for him. I mean, no, no. I think he is that good, right? In um, the right just team, at sure. time, yeah.
0: Um, I mean, he, he could be a really valuable asset as a, as a left back in a... A counter-attacking team, I think. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Atletico Madrid, I think, would be a good fit for him, to be honest. But it does seem like Sevilla is the place. I mean, they had him on loan previously. They liked yeah. him there.
1: He was outstanding at Sevilla.
0: Yeah. And obviously, it's a place he, he will feel comfortable, which is good for him. So again, you know, he will he will go with our blessing, having tried very hard for us and uh, and been good fun, I think. Um, So we had a question from Matt D who said, can you rank the summer signings on predicted impact and include the set piece coach in the ranking? I mean, I'm curious to see where you think he lands. So we've now had confirmation that we have indeed signed uh, a set piece coach, which is something we've been calling for, for a long time. It's lovely to see it happen. So, excuse me, Gianni Vio has formally joined the coaching staff previously at um Brentford and Leeds amongst other teams. Um so go on then Nathan. Have a have a, <laughs> have a crack at ranking at uh, ranking the the, the summer signings so far including yeah. Gianni Vio.
1: Well r- rate, ranking their impact. Um okay, so uh, uh in in reverse order, um Josh Keeley, uh Tyrell Ashcroft, Fraser Forster, um, and then I think I'm going to say Bissouma, not because he isn't a very, very good player, but because we were already strong with players of his type in midfield. Um, we're going to talk about open training later. He he stood out technically in open training today. Um, then I'm going to say Perisic because Session's like you said, had a good end of end of season and we could have just stuck with what we had at left back if we needed to. Not that Paris isn't very, very good. Then I'm going to say Richarlison. And this is um, the reason he is above, you know, Perisic and Bissouma is because there's a reasonable chance, a reasonable chance, not a certainty, that he will put Kane on the bench, um, you know, maybe one out of four games and that would be enough one out of three games that and that would be really good um and then I'm going to say VO because I think he guarantees um a sort of 15 goal swing in all competitions across the course of the season
0: so you missed Longlay where's he slotting oh, into that
1: oh okay i'm putting Longlay oh, i really don't know because the scope for Longlay is like if he comes in and he is the the um the sort of materialization of his capabilities. And he is a really good first 11 um, quality can play left side can even play central center back improves our defenders at the club then he is like second <laughs> but if he comes in and puts the ball in the back of his own net passes the ball to an opposition player right in front of him gets a red card gives away three penalties um, then he's <laughs> he's right on the bottom and I really feel there is uh, whereas like you know what you're getting with Perisic you know what you're getting largely with Basuma. even with Richardson, you largely know what you're getting the question there is whether Kane sees the bench um, long lay is is very much uh, a wide range of possibility so I, I I guess you go for the middle and you put him um, between Basuma and Perisic
0: nice I can't I can't really argue with with much of that at all I, I feel I feel pretty happy with most of our signings and it's pretty close between the majority and I do like your list I'd like VO being top of the list i think it's a really important step forward for for club um and i think also that the, the introduction of vo then elevates some of the other signings i i really like Richardson in the air you know if we can get our <laughs> set pieces right then i think that's helpful
1: a lot of uh a lot of tall boys coming in right now and being yeah. linked
0: yeah 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 and, and and maybe perisic could be one of those delivering set pieces possibly so yeah i'm excited I'm excited, and again, I I also really rate and like Perzuma, but that was a position of of strength for us already. So we've kind of we've uh, doubled down on our midfield strength rather than sort of reimagining the midfield entirely. But I think he's I think he's a very good player, very accomplished player. So you you've hinted at some of the the South Korean stuff, Nathan. I've been I've been tied up at work all day. I've not had a chance to see any of the open training yet. So I'm gonna I'm gonna grill you on it. Um, but before I do that, before the the players flew off to South Korea, we had some very sweet and entertaining videos of Richarlison doing some introductions to our squad. Uh, we did have a conversation either last week or the week before about the potential uh, clash feud between Romero and Richarlison, and we acknowledged that Romero really did take it seriously in in scything down with Charleston and then putting a picture on Instagram after. But it seems like they're gonna get on just fine
1: it was a bit of a i mean it's kind of cute but also kind of awkward them like meeting and doing a sort of a half handshake half hug thing and to applause especially there's there's so there's two different angles of it and one of them has eric die in the background <laughs> doing like the the broadest shit eating grin and clap at the same time <laughs> so it's good stuff it's good stuff
0: yeah i don't think we need to be concerned do we i think uh I was genuinely a little bit kind of like, is this going to be okay? Is this going to unsettle things? It's fine. It's absolutely fine.
1: Richarlison put up on Instagram a compilation of like their fouls on each other, and then their meeting and having a handshake, which I thought was quite funny.
0: He seems like a really good guy. Yeah, he does. I think he's he's going to be lots of fun to have around.
1: We're going to really like him when he's winding up. Arsenal and Chelsea fans, I think.
0: Absolutely. So the, the players arrived in Seoul to Son Hyung-min uh, holding up a welcome to Seoul banner and and hugging his teammates. It was absolutely <laughs> adorable. And
1: rapturous applause as well. Just
0: insane and brilliant support from our South Korean fans. Uh, you know, every player being treated like a celebrity, but not just every player, Alistair Gold also um, yeah. <laughs> signing multiple autographs for the South Korean Spurs fans, which was which was a really nice touch. Um, I bet, no. I'd, I'd love to talk to Alistair about that. It must have felt very strange.
1: Uh, the, yeah, the, there's a real um, you know strong support, not just for Sun Sun first, but um, but for the club. Like like watching three hours of open training on a on a hot day, you know all that kind of stuff coming out to see them at the airport sun's already there they're cheering the rest of the squad arriving um yeah it's really nice to see it's kind of funny that our club is so big in a country the other side of the world right but it's cool it's really cool
0: it is cool absolutely so tell me a little bit about the the training you've 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 gone back and you've skim watched the Training, um, what were your main takeaways?
1: Yeah, so it, this wasn't on uh, this wasn't on fucking Spurs play, which I forked out a ton of cash for and later found out I had a minor discount for being a Spurs member. Yeah, I also before. forgot about a discount. Yeah. Um, this this was up, this was streamed on YouTube by a, a Korean news channel. Um, and they kept like I was trying to like work out what the jewels are, what, what the intention is. They keep like hard zooming on, in on Sun every couple of minutes, <laughs> um, which is you know, kind of adorable um so they did their sort of generic fitness warm-up stuff and then they did a variety of drills um so they did like um like three team rondos so um one team is pressing one team is trying to keep the ball and then the third team is like the support for the team trying to keep the ball and then you and then you switch those rounds. Um, and then they did a sort of attack versus defense game, but not in the normal senses. In um, so it was bibs and no bibs. So no bibs they start with the ball from the keeper and they pass out from the back uh, and they try to get it forward and then bibs are trying to press and turn them over and the moment they turn the ball over, they get a free counter-attack with no resistance and they have to score within, I think it's just a certain period of time uh, and it was really rushed. And then every time, regardless of whether they score or not, the ball starts again with with no bibs. So... Um, very much focused on pressing and press resistance, both drills, and then and then um, opening up into a, a larger game. And at first, a small pitch, and then the full uh, and then the full pitch. Um, or nearly full pitch I think um, just pretty much 11 versus 11 and again uh, with a high press um, a lot of focus on on playing out from the back you know just the kind of things you expect from Conte. so nothing too tactically interesting kind of the the general stuff you would expect um, I mentioned the basuma kind of stood out technically um, I'll tell you what <laughs> you would never guess who was actually really quite technically impressive on the ball on the left side of a back three Davinson Sanchez looks 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 perfectly good on the ball in training. Maybe he just is nervous in in front of the crowd on the pressure of a match day, which kind of makes a little bit of sense with how much you know Conte likes him, his his keenness for him, um, uh, and all of that. He he doesn't look technically deficient, just 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 in training, which is which is very interesting. Mm. Um. And then after this, this you know, lengthy sort of medium intensity two-hour training session, they ran lengths and lengths and lengths and lengths and lengths. Um, again, in front of a cheering <laughs> crowd, there's a put, there's a bit near the end. So they were doing like, I don't know what they do, like they do four or I think they do an odd number. So they do like five lengths, they take a break, five lengths, take a break. And then they're on their final set and Dyer gets the crowds going, gets get, <laughs> warms them up for the, for the last um bit so kane and son they they joined they weren't in the pre-preseason right they joined just for korea um they they weren't in the the practice in in london so they were the first two to drop out um and they got back in like they they collapsed to their haunches uh or son sun collapsed to the ground and kane helped them back up and then they they joined back in um Tanganga was was um operating separately from the others for some reason. I think he just joined later for whatever reason. Um but he was on like a different a time differential to them. Um but yeah, so several players I mean I think half the players didn't do the full set of lengths because they just their bodies were given out by then. Um but um Davinson Sanchez was very impressive fitness-wise. So was Saar. Um, So was Hill, which I think is interesting because we discussed whether when we're talking about his physical limitations, whether that is size and strength or whether that might be stamina, where he looked good in that sense here. Um, but the standout was Troy Parrott. Troy Parrott... Um, was setting the pace quite a bit, to, not so much uh, the start, but towards the end. He was the first one back on the final length, um, and I think he was the only player to not collapse into a heap at the end. Um, so he really, he really stood out. And the thing with this, though, is that like, I, I mean, I've already just spoken on it for so long, and I've given it so much weight. This isn't a great. Um, sight into the actual fitness capability of these these players it's about how, what they've been up to over the summer whether they you know they finished summer earlier whether they were with their international team what fitness work they've been doing over the summer um, rather than their actual maximum capacity once the season begins so we're probably speaking too much on it as it is but it's very interesting to watch i do recommend going and watching these supreme athletes just wincing in pain as they they drop to the
0: ground
1: plushcare.com slash weight loss I guess the other aspect is to like talk about the 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 downside of this intensity so we have spoken a lot in this podcast about like running players into the ground too much um redlining players playing getting injured the incredible amount of football coming up um, and we've also spoken about um like the periodization training methods one of the foundational elements of the periodization method is that you do as much as you can with the ball right so they're not doing fitness exercises for the sake of fitness exercises everything they do is they're they're working on their technical and tactical game whilst they're building fitness so this is a contradiction to both those things in that um, they've done the football they did that for two hours and while the length is going to push them and push them and push them um, and they're going to collapse in a heap. I feel like because there isn't the explosiveness, because there isn't the competitiveness quite so much, because there isn't players coming together, um, this is a safer way to push those limits. You're less likely to see hamstrings pop and, and ankles give way just from length than you are from you know from playing too much football.
0: I think also we need to remember that this is really early in pre season. Still, you know, the, the majority oh, yeah. of players have only been back a few days, and some haven't been back at all. So. It's uh you know we're we getting it we're getting a view here into what players do in the very very early days of preseason still, um it's really really interesting that um, that Parrott was leading the way I I must admit I've been very impressed with with Troy Parrott's fitness and also his physique in the last few months um you know we we've spoken about it before but he had a penny drop moment for sure when out out on loan this past season and. As you say, I think the implication of this to me is that he's been working really hard all summer and Conte and his team, one of whom is a specific fitness coach, will now be going back, I'm sure, and analysing the data from today's session and looking at what it means in the, in the terms of the data, what capacity the players are working at. But I do think there's like a, a symbol there for, for Conte, you know, symbolically Parrott is literally the last man standing, as you described it, and I think that will mean something. I think that sort of does make an impression, uh, and Conte is the kind of guy who does go in for those kind of symbols and gestures. Uh, so that, I would say, bodes well for Parrott. If he's made that kind of symbol on his first day out there with the first team, uh, we don't know how much Conte's seen of him in the past. I think that bodes well. And I, I do think given some of the the issues with homegrown players in the Champions League squad i think there's a real possibility of parrot staying with us for the first half of the season at least and being used to help uh fill some of the squad spots for the Champions League games uh, and and then who knows where it goes from there but um as i've said before parrot can cover the central striker role but more likely in the early stages will be the right-sided attacker role where he played quite a bit for mk dons uh, and looked quite handy so yeah hopefully he'll continue to have a, a, a promising pre-season and get plenty of opportunities in the, the the matches to come really interesting to hear about conte pushing our players uh to the point of of collapsing <laughs> no real surprise there we've, we've heard all those stories before about how conte is a maniac for pre-season training um And it's nice to get the kind of insight, isn't it, of of being able to actually watch some of these sessions and and analyze what goes on and and see which players stand out. Anything else you'd like to add?
1: Uh, It's really humid in Korea, so it's even worse than running in the UK, which Mm. is also very humid, but not as bad as there.
0: Yeah, so I looked it up. It's 25 25 degrees in South Korea, in Seoul today. Uh, It's 30 degrees where I am currently, but the humidity will be a lot higher, I'm sure which will make it a lot more uncomfortable. Also, I wasn't running in the heat in the today, which, which <laughs> you helps. Didn't,
1: you didn't take it upon yourself to do 30, 40 lengths of a football pitch for fun. S-
0: surprisingly not. Did they run the length of the whole pitch?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, wow. they, they, they cheated the final two steps frequently, right? But, and, and, and yes.
0: What speed were they? Were they doing that thing where they sort of jog and then they sprint for the last... No, Five yards or no, it
1: wasn't sprinting. It was, it was. Um, well, for them, it's a jog. For me and you, it would be a run. You know, right. it's like yeah. a, it's an athlete's jog.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with it's you. It's a
1: strong jog. Cool.
0: I'm. am definitely gonna go back and watch it. It sounds. It sounds really interesting. On double speed. <laughs> um, we'll talk a little bit about what's on Patreon at the moment. So Nathan's put a Richardson video up, which uh, has been very very popular people really like that
1: did you finish watching it i did how do you how do you feel having finished watching it
0: i feel very happy
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so that made me feel
0: yeah I, I mean i just i just think yeah he's good he's a really good player he's i mean he, he's not like um he's not technically outstanding he's there's no, no. sort of um he, he's not kind of a the, the typical brazilian bags of tricks turns plays inside and out that kind of thing He's really dogged. He's really hardworking. He makes really good off the ball movement. He has a good appreciation of teammates. As I mentioned earlier, I think he's really handy in the air too. Uh, I think he's just a well-rounded forward uh, who can play a number of roles. And above all, has uh, a, a really tenacious sort of never say die attitude, which means he's very difficult to play against. You can't yeah. you can't dally on the ball because Richardson's going to be in your face. Uh, and, and that will go down very, very well with Conte. Do you think he's a £60 million player? I mean, he is, isn't he? Because he is. But, <laughs> right, but, because the market is dictated. But, but, I think, so. but not just the market. I think for the needs of the squad, he's a £60 million player. Mm, I yeah. think to some clubs, he's a £60 million player and to others, he's not. But to us, he is. I think he's worth it for us. I think it's a lot of money for him, to be honest.
1: Um, but again, as we talked about, um, that might be worth paying if it means that the cane the and son individually can be rested at certain times.
0: Exactly. So you're not just getting a good player. You're also getting a better cane and a better son off the back of it, hopefully.
1: But it does also bring to mind like we've played 60 million for what is at the end of the day a backup uh, for But we're haggling continuously (laughs) for weeks and weeks over um, two or three million. Either way, I'm not even sure what it is about Spence um, and other such deals. I mean, obviously, a part of that is like what Parrot TG is doing versus what Levy is in charge of. right? But it does amuse me that this is what's going on.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. you of course you're right. Um so so we know that Daniel Levy was out with Everton's chem Bill Kenwright, discussing Richarlison. Uh they went out for dinner together. Uh and I, I imagine what Levy was told was this is the only price we'll sell him at. There's no there's no negotiation, it's you know, you you hit our mark or we keep him. We don't need to necessarily sell Richardson, we could sell other players this is this is it. Uh and Conte had identified him as what he wanted and and levy decided actually no i will i'll back him whereas with spence perhaps we've got more leverage we've got uh you know he he's never played in the premier league he's still young he's not someone who can you can say will walk into our team and hit the ground running necessarily although actually i happen to think he might um it's one you have to kind of you know you have to squint a bit and and try and make it work um so maybe there's a little bit of leverage there for the club to say, actually, you're asking too much for what is essentially a championship right wing back. Mm. Uh, and you've got to haggle sometimes, right? To keep up the facade of ha- haggling, to keep up, the, <laughs> right, you yeah. know, if you, if you never haggle, then clubs go, oh, yeah, they're, they're Spurs, they don't haggle, they just pay whatever we want. You, you have to do some negotiating and maybe this is that. Although it does, it does you're right, It does, you know, <laughs> proportionally, it doesn't quite make sense, does it?
1: Uh, I'm going to have a... Um... Avid on Longley coming up. In the Daddy, Daddy Longley. Daddy Longley, yeah. Um, Centre backs are um, very difficult to scout. And I've been finding very hard to do hmm. um, video scouting uh, samples of demonstrations of the process there. So they're very hard to scout through data. There's only so much you can find through data. Um, you can learn about their passing ability and their type. Yeah, um, but but you, it's very hard to read quality through data. Not that you ever read data uh, quality entirely through data for any player. Um, but
0: it, it's it's so much about team style with centre backs, isn't it? And yeah. Of- where they're defending, as opposed That's to true. how the the best way to scout centre
1: backs, in my opinion, is to just go around asking people who are smart and watch specific teams a lot, and 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 work from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so every time I've done a video piece on a centre back, I've done it very differently to the last way. I'm very happy with how the Romero one, the method of the Romero one, even if I was perhaps too cautious on him. Um, but I have a new method, I think a newish method for um, that I'm going to be using for long lay tomorrow or the day
0: after. Mm. Intrigued, intrigued. I mean, I I think. Um long lays a little bit of an unknown quantity for me because I've only ever seen him in a few matches and they've been high profile ones so I don't really have a feel for him over a season Um, but I do think I I mean I really liked Conte's quotes about him uh, uh, his ability to bring the ball out from the back being a, a key plus to the signing I think that was the obvious that was the obvious upgrade in our defense, right?
1: So he also in that quote spoke to the difficulty that he's had, which I think is kind of a good sign, right? This what we talked about before on the podcast is um, perhaps perhaps Conte and whoever else involved has seen a very good quality player going through a very hard time, like we saw with, with Dyer, for example. Mm-hmm. And they've gone, I can I can set him straight. So in yeah. the quote, he says, a player who in the last two years didn't play with the right continuity, but for sure, I think he can give us a lot of experience and quality. Um, and then he also he mentions his ability on the ball.
0: It kind of follows on from Kulosevsky and and even Bentancourt, doesn't it? As signings, you know, players who who perhaps weren't in the best place, but were good players.
1: It's the um the the Simpson scene of
0: the rejects walking off the stage to the corner. That's that's us. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I, I I must reiterate that I think Ben Davis had a really really good season last year, but yeah. but I do think. I still believe that he's one of the easiest upgrades in the first eleven. As much as I really like him, I really rate him, I really value him. Uh, congratulations on your on your wedding, Gentle Ben. Um, uh, I, I think whilst he's good on the ball, I think a player that's great on the ball on that side can really really add a, a another dimension to our our attacking play. You know, you've seen how Romero has transformed things on the right. If, if Longley can come anywhere near to Romero's ability on the ball on the left, then we're laughing. It's quite exciting. Um, AK1000 says, is there a world where Brian Hill could play as the third man in midfield, playing as the advanced midfielder that makes things happen? Someone that can come come on in the 60th minute to unpick a low block. He seems good at give and goes, but is there anything to suggest he could unpick a defence?
1: um yeah so sort of the main thing there would be like the quality of his creative passing which i think is the shortcoming here but he has the general technical skill of that role so obviously the the profile that we're looking at there is sort of the the nicolo varela um role um and he i mean yeah Barella isn't like a playmaker really he's he's a he's a dribbler carrier um and he does the final pass but not as a super super creative and again a, or or a tempo controller in that sense um we've also been linked with um Paqueta who is another player in this same mold but i think i think Hill can can be this profile i think so the ability to get shots away uh, perhaps you couldn't be certain on but the general the player who can receive the ball really well under pressure um turn with it and then try to do a thing in the final third yeah both both paqueta and hill make this mold um I still don't really see us shaping in a way that supports having that role, like because um, we we've quadrupled down <laughs> on the on the box to box A. That's one of the roles in a three man midfield, but the other would be this Barella role, and then mm. the six would be a a playmaker. Maybe we feel um, a, a tempo setter. Maybe we feel that Basuma could could be the six, or maybe we feel Hojbjerg is already doing that six sort of stuff. Mm to a good enough level. Mm.
0: Um,
1: I don't know. It's a tricky one. I feel this is a weird way to go. I think that we should instead of looking for this sort of, um, what's the word? Like dynamic attacking eight type player, mm-hmm. this Barella, Paqueta, mm-hmm. Hill type player, we should be looking for a passy boy whose who's main skill set is in their their passing range and quality and tempo control and stuff like that, which again, we still aren't linked to. Fabian Ruiz is literally right there and no one is bidding for him and I don't understand.
0: So you were talking previously when we were linked with Christian Eriksen about his potential to come off the bench and play in the pivot so you you know have have the the Conte isms in midfield, but with some some um, imagination and creativity and subtlety of pass. Um, and we certainly couldn't talk about Brian Hill being able to play that role. I mean, he just doesn't got anything like the passing range of of an Ericsson I think um, it would be a ball carrier from midfield. And and to be honest, Conte doesn't seem to want that so much generally. So um, once once you're in the final third.
1: Um, again, like with Barella, mm-hmm. um, then then there's room for uh, this trying to find another a synonym for like dynamic, this more inventive, more technical, individualistic type mm-hmm. player um, to to be to to be the attacking eight. Um, and so he can, he can play that role, but there's no, there's like Ericsson played um, the six as a, a mm. base of a three for a, for a handful of games, mm-hmm. um, at Inter. None of these players can do that. So they yeah. would, and this is the thing with being like, oh, could we make up a midfield three? Yeah, we could. But then if they're not playing that, what else would Paqueta or Hill be doing? I guess Hill can play wide, but then not as a not as an inside forward, really. Not as a wing back. So it is kind of a weird way for us to be to be leaning towards this. To be honest,
0: yeah, yeah. I think we're more likely to see Saar having an impact in the team in this way than than Brian Hill. Um, although, who knows? Maybe maybe Conte will find a find the use for him. Um, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Preseason often does change perceptions of players for fans and for managers. So so keep an eye on Brian Hill. You never know. You never know. Um, before we go, I just wanted to uh, reference something fun and nice that happened. So last week we spoke, or I spoke about Charlie Sayers, who is our young left-sided centre-back. And I was very pleased that that he was included in the South Korean tour squad. That was music to my ears because I think he's really good. I think the reason he was included is because we didn't have Clement Longley there because he hasn't got his visa yet, so we need some more left-sided centre-back cover. Um, but we got a tweet from Dan Murphy, one of our listeners, who says, uh, my, worf, "My wife works with Charlie's mum. We played that clip to her. She was so touched. Didn't think he'd get a mention. It brought a smile to her face. I thought that was, I thought that was very lovely." Uh, hello, Mrs. Sayers, if you're listening. You've been listening to the Extra Inch. Thanks to Nathan A. Clark for production. Thanks to Bardi for being Italian. Thanks to Adam Gardner for the artwork. Thanks to David Lindmer for our intro music. You can find him on Twitter at DavyShambles Shambles and his SoundCloud, The Lindmer. Do check him out, he's great. Great, great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us via podcast at theextrainch.co.uk and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms. And if you do enjoy the podcast, consider leaving us a rating and review. That would really help.